Hello and welcome to Maggie's Running Podcast. I'm Maggie Cooper. Well, a little bit of an update on the, this week's training and um, and how it um, uh, relates to what I'm going to talk about uh, in a bit, uh, about uh, an article which I have um, found, which I think uh, people find quite interesting. Um, so this week, um, running, running hasn't been too bad. Um, I went and did the track session on uh, Tuesday on the grass track with the, all, all the kids from the athletics club. Uh, that was quite fun. It, the, my, my group were uh, quite evenly matched with my pace, so that was good. I, I thought I might actually uh, struggle a little bit. We had to do uh, 1,000 metres and then two minutes rest, 800 metres, two minutes rest, and then 400 metres, two minutes rest. But the pace was gradually getting faster. Like it started off like 3,000 metre pace and then 1,500 metre pace and 800 metre pace. Well, I'm more of a like a longer distance um, runner. I, I mean, I guess when I was a kid, my the best distance might have been 3,000 or something like that. So when you go faster, um, I don't really go faster. So I thought that I would really struggle on the on the shorter um, distances. But in fact, I, I pretty much held, held my own. I guess the kids overtook me on the on the 400 metres at the end. But yeah, not not. not not very much. But what was interesting about that, though, and how it relates to what I'm going to talk about later, was um, the difference that we got on our GPS watches in terms of the distance. So um, my watch told me that I had done uh, a thousand meters for the one thousand meters, which is always nice. Um, but um, other people's watches said you know, varying distances. Uh, one one of the girls said her said um, one thousand uh, one hundred meters. Um, and that was quite interesting because when you then looked on Strava, um, so it said something like my 1K time was um, 3.59, the best one was 3.59, I think. Um, and uh, But this other girls who ran, who was actually behind me, um, was 3.31. So um, there was a big discrepancy between the times. So the article which I am going to talk about in a bit is about uh, GPS watches and how accurate they are. I think it's quite interesting. Um, what else did I do this week? Well, I ran with my friend Anne. That was fabulous. It's always a pleasure to run with our friends, especially running with Anne. So that's good. Um, we went out um, to her neck of the woods, which is also much better than my neck of the woods. So um, that that was that was great. And and we um, we were sort of supposed to be having an easy run, but I noticed that Strava thinks we we got a course record on one section. I don't think we were going terribly quick, but. Uh, doing okay yeah um actually she's she's running pretty well really um i think she underestimates herself the other thing that was good was that um on the wednesday um we went to eastern woods actually i didn't run because i'd run with Anne in the morning but um we got our presentation for this mob match that you might remember we did the 5k so the guy came down from um stockport i think to to award the prize which is just like really really nice and um in the end um they gave it to the the family who'd got the most runners out i think they'd got 13 runners out or something so it puts my four runners um to shame but um yeah they got i think they even got the grandparents out running which is like incredible anyway so it was a really good um family effort from from that particular family um I've been struggling this week just trying to fit in my um, strength and conditioning, though, because things are getting a little bit back to normal. I'm, I'm not on. I was on holiday last week officially from work, and this week I'm back, and I and I found it I've been quite busy. Um, just trying to fit in that those exercises. Um, I found that really really difficult. I don't know why it should be more difficult than fitting in a run. I mean, essentially, it's, it's the same um, discipline. But um, I don't like doing it. I don't like side planks in particular. So I think I, I tried to put it off. 
um, I think I just have to schedule it in. I have to say, okay, like I say, Tuesday is the track day. I have to say whatever day it is, is my strength and conditioning day. Otherwise, I'm just not going to get it done. I'm not sure I'm going to achieve my two sessions this week. I've done like half a session as I squeezed it in between picking up children from various places. I mean, that's the other thing. I've, I've had to you know, ferry children around different places, take them to school and different things like that. So, um, yeah, that's made life a little bit more complicated. And then today um, we did um, an out and back th- 3K. I ended up running it much further because I just needed to get some extra miles in because I hadn't got enough in the week. But um, but essentially it was supposed to be 3K out and then fast 3K back. Um, but I was quite pleased. Last time I did it, I was, I was kind of a little disappointed with myself because I... I did about 12.35, I think it was, last time, and and I just thought, oh, I should have been able to run faster. But um, this time I did 12.21, and I think, actually, that that's pretty good to, to run that sort of speed on my own, even with a little bit of an advantage of a wind at my back. But um, I think that's pretty good because I, I just... I kind of need people around me to run better. Like on Tuesday, when we were running on the track... It was so much easier having those people around me. It didn't feel really a big effort, even though I was running quite fast for me. I mean, like the 800 metres was about three minutes, seven, I think it was. And earlier in the, um, well, during the lockdown, we did a timed um, 800 metres on a downhill course in in the park. Um, So it was on tarmac, but... And I remember doing it, I did it twice because I was really annoyed the first time. And I think that time I did like 303, I was running as hard as I could. Whereas for the 800 that we did the other, uh, on the track just on Tuesday, I didn't really feel like I was pushing it. I was running fast, but I wasn't like giving it everything and wouldn't be able to run ever again sort of thing like you are if you're doing a, a, a timed run. So um, I think, yeah, I just run a lot better when I'm running with other people. Um, and that's kind of a crazy thing, very psychological. Great if you're in a race, I suppose, but not great if I ever need to run in a time trial for anything. So, um, yeah, it's, so it's, been, it's, been pretty, it's been pretty good. Um, and um, although I ne- not necessarily always felt at my best, um, yeah, I, because I've done a lot of sitting around and, and driving and you know, just sitting at a desk uh, typing or um, in Zoom calls or whatever, some of the runs I've done, I've really felt that my legs haven't really been um, completely with it. But actually, and I've looked at the times and the pace and stuff, I think I've run o- okay and I'm quite happy that I feel as if I'm uh, progressing and, and getting a little bit um, quicker um, as the weeks go on. And, and that's always encouraging. But am I getting quicker? That's the question. Or is my watch really accurate? And can I rely on that um, to tell me how fast I'm running or how far I'm going? Maybe it's just the fact that I've I changed my watch recently that um, I'm actually going faster. Maybe I'm not really going faster at all. So in the next part of this podcast, we're going to look at a paper about um, different watches. So um, this uh, article is by a Swiss group and it's called Accuracy of Distance Recordings in Eight Positioning Enabled Sports Watches, Instrument Validation Study. A nice, short, easy to read title. Um, This group um, actually was sponsored by um, Polar. So I think that that should be said at the very start. They were given the watches um, by um, Polar. The the Polar watches they used came from their their stock and the the company bought the other watches that were used in this this study um, just from normal suppliers, um, as any of us would do. Um, So what they um, were looking at was um, these eight, um, eight different watches um and they're all um kind of 
up-to-date um, GPS-type type watches um, that, uh, that, that any, anybody can, um, can buy. So the, the list is um, the Apple Watch Series 4. Um, then there's the Apex 46mm, or MM. Um, I guess that's millimeter. Um, that's from uh, Coros Wearables. And there's the Phoenix 5X Plus from Garmin. Uh, the Garmin uh, Forerunner uh, 935. Then there's the Sunto 9 Barrow. Um, and then the V800, which is Polar Watch, and the Vantage M, again, another Polar Watch, and uh, Vantage V, another Polar Watch. In fact, I don't have any of those watches. I have a, actually have a Polar M430, um, which is an older uh, older model. So um, yeah, so it's interesting. So think about like how how accurate are these uh, are these watches? And and um, you know when when we run, um, actually it, what it says is quite interesting. It says something like three quarters of people believe that their watches are accurate, but in fact that they aren't terribly um, accurate, um, as as we'll see. They they. Um, they use one person to te do all the different test conditions, which I thought was was a good idea. Um, try and um, stop there being um, unnecessary variables. Um, obviously, if you're wearing a watch um, when you're walking or when you're running, your arm gait could affect um, the GPS signal. And one of the things they say in the in the article is that it's really important that you, you do follow the instructions in terms of locking onto the GPS signal, that you stand still with the, with the watch sort of facing upwards, that you can lock onto that signal. And in fact, it, it seemed to suggest that you should um, you know, stay in that position for, for some period of time. I used to throw my watch outside and, and, and let it um, uh, lock onto the signal and then uh, go and pick it up, especially if it's cold and wet because I didn't like standing out waiting for the signal. Um, but in fact, the watch that I have now, that this um, Polar watch, is, is quite good at locking onto the signal quite quickly but I, I think that that was certainly one one factor in in uh, accuracy or the inaccuracy of the watches was how well it um, locked onto the signal to the to begin with so what they did was they tested in these sort of three different um uh, at three different speeds and in three different conditions so they did um, a walking a running and a cycling speed and those speeds were um, 5.4 kilometers per hour uh, 10.2 kilometers an hour for the, for the running which was just under six minutes per um, for the kilometer and they did um, 17.6 uh, kilometers per hour which is about three minute 25 per kilometer uh, so yeah, those sort of speeds. I mean, people might might routinely kind of run, walk, or, or run fast at uh, in terms of the cycling. And for the cycling, they used a, um, a an e bike, so they kind of could really could control the speed a, a bit better. Um, that it wasn't it didn't fluctuate too much. So they measured it in three different um, areas as well. They measured it like in an urban area because we know that the GPS signal can be affected by the buildings that are around. Um, so that, that, you know, sometimes you're if you're you might have found it. I found it myself. You know, being in a in a um, maybe centre of London or something. Sometimes you just completely lose the signal. Um, so uh, that 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 would be um, well, that was what one of the conditions. The second condition was when they um, looked at it in um, a what do you call it? A forest, forest environment. Again, um, we know that, that the tree cover and stuff can affect the signal. And then the third was in an open environment, which is like on a track and field area. And they did um, three lots of twelve um, measurements with um, in the in these, these different um, conditions: um, urban, forest, track and field, uh, walking, running, and cycling. 
And uh, each time the the person doing the study um, wore four four watches, and they were randomly um, allocated um, left arm, right arm, uh, so left wrist, I say right wrist, left forearm, right forearm. Um, so um, because um, you know, so you want to wear them all at the same time so that you can get the signal, but also it might take into account that. Um, for example, if it's higher up on your, on your forearm rather than on the wrist, then your your arm gate may block the signal at some points more than if it was on the on the wrist. So that was randomly assigned. So they did they did a lot of measurements basically and lots of different conditions, and they measured um, different dis the different distances um, ranging from four hundred and four meters to uh, four thousand two hundred ninety six point nine meters, and they measured those distances with the trundle um, wheel. The four hundred and four meters I think was in the in the middle of the inside lane I think they said of the, of the track that's why it's just it's slightly further or it might have been in, in the second lane but it, that's why it's slightly more than four hundred meters but I think basically it was a four hundred meter um, track. So um, what did they find? Well, it's quite interesting. They found that um, the watches weren't that accurate generally. In fact, they could have up to um, 9% inaccuracy in them. Um, so there's 75% of us who think that um, our watches are accurate. Well, uh, we're, we're probably, um, probably incorrect <laughs> in that respect. Um, but uh, some some were better than others. Um, what was particularly interesting was that um, the in the urban areas or the forest areas, as you might expect, your watch tends to underestimate the distance that you've run. Um, and, and you might well have experienced that. I, I remember this terrible occasion when I was running and the watch started actually taking distance off um, the the run that I'd done. Not my current watch. One of the early models of the Garmin um, I did that um, because the signal was obviously being blocked by the um, the buildings and uh, it just try was trying to see where I was in relation to where it last knew I had been rather than where I had actually gone. So... Um, so they were yes. Yeah, so that makes them less accurate. The tree cover um, and um, the buildings getting in the way of the signal make them less accurate. <clears throat> and um, in contrast, I suppose um, the watch tends to uh, overestimate the distance that you've run when you run on uh, track and field. Um, and I think that, that some of the manufacturers maybe put in some sort of algorithm that they know that most people are going to be running uh, in urban areas, so they try and um, compensate for. The, the 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 under uh, uh, the yeah under reading of the of the signal or the distance um by uh, then that comes out a sort of over reading of the distance on the track and field and and that's what I, I, I was saying from um Tuesday's session that uh, one of the girls in the group for the one thousand meters where my watch said I'd run one thousand meters her watch said it had run, we'd run one thousand one hundred meters which was a significant difference I mean that's ten percent out. Um, uh, uh, we because it was a relatively a a accurate uh, four hundred meter track. I think that my watch was um, was pretty much spot on, but I think hers was uh, very significantly overestimating the distance that we had run. Okay, so it doesn't matter too much on a track because you know how far you've run. But obviously, if you're in an open area and you're doing something like a time trial for, like we did time trial for a one k or three thousand meters or five thousand meters, then these differences, um, you know, if you're certainly if you're in a um, open environment, may 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 mean that one person is ending up running 
much further or, or not nearly as far as, an, as another person. And we found that ourselves. We found that um, when we did a 3,000-meter time trial, uh, we measured the distance accurately, and um, people were finishing in all sorts of different places based on their watch telling them that they had covered the 3,000 meters. So um, I guess you're interested to know which watch, watches were, were the best. Um, well, in fact, um, funnily enough, it was sponsored by Polar. The Polar watches came out best. Um, they had the smallest um, percentage error um, around about, um, yeah, well, they were all less than 5% error, essentially. Um, I'm, I'm not sure which ones were the, were the, were the worst ones. I think it, it did depend a little bit on different conditions. Um, but the V800 came out actually as the best watch uh, of them all. Um, but I would, um, I would just, I would say um, a little word of caution with this, though. I, I think that it was an interesting study, and it was, it was interesting to see that the the, the watches were not necessarily as accurate as we might hope that they that they were. Um, they do actually. They report something in another another study. I don't know whether it was from from their work or from another study where they'd looked at um, uh, the Trollinger half marathon, and they found actually the percentage error. Uh, recording on the, that marathon was was much less. It was only about point six percent. It wasn't. They weren't that much out. Um, and in fact, in that study, the Garmin watches came out best. But my word of warning is really that um, I think that the you know they they, they did try try these different models. Um, several of us have all got the same watch, the um, Polar M four thirty in in our running group, um, and. You know, it's the same same watch, same same model of watch, but we can get quite different distances um, recorded on our different watches. And that, that three thousand meter time trial that I said was a, a case in point where uh, one person finished like a hundred meters, had to run a hundred meters further for their watch to tell them that they'd run three thousand meters, even though they they covered exactly the same course. So. Um, it may not be true that a particular watch um, manufacturers is is better than others, or, or the, probably probably there is, there is something in that. But you know, even within that that manufacturer, there may be variations in um, the accuracy of of different watches. I don't want to go into the um, complexities of how the watches work and uh, and, and why there may be uh, why some may be more accurate than others, but uh, the, 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 there's there's something to do with the the antennae and, and the way that they, it picks up the signal, uh, which varies and makes some some better than than others. But um, I think that the the, the main thing. To, the main take-home message I would say is that um, don't rely too much on exact, the exact reading from the watch, but I think that you should look for improvements within your own watch. So, for example, if I, I'm wearing the same watch every day, um, you know, if my pace is getting um, better due to my you know, doing a lot of training, then um, I can probably be confident that I am getting fitter or I'm getting faster. But if I then switch to a different watch and um, my speed looks like I'm getting uh, faster, well, that might be because of variations in the way that the watch is measuring the distance. So I think that um, within your own within your own watch and within your own own training, you would know um, whether you whether you're getting faster based on the watch. But you can't say um, com- you can't necessarily compare it with somebody else's data. Um, so when we look at Strava and we say, oh, they've run such and such a speed per pace per kilometer or pace per mile, uh, you can't really directly compare that with what you've run because it may be just that their watch is 
inaccurate. And 5% or 10% error is actually quite a big difference when you're running and you're talking maybe a few seconds or whatever um, dif- difference in a race. Um, but uh, 5 or 10% error can, can be, like we say, 100 metres difference, which is then going to be half a minute or something. So... Um, yeah, you should really be careful of that. So, you know, if you've done some time trials over lockdown and you've got a, a great time, well, well done. <laughs> but if you've got a terrible time, well, it might just be your watch is really inaccurate. And in fact, you actually run an awful lot better than you thought you had. So that's that's about um, all I want to say about that. Um, I thought I just thought it was a really interesting study. And um, yeah, don't don't rely too much on your on your watch. Um Trust your own judgment and maybe if you run the same routes and you can see differences in the time that you run for a particular um, route, again, you would know just in the old fashioned way, like we always did in the past, that you're actually getting better. Um, Well, so that's all I've got for today. Um, Hope you've enjoyed that and I hope I can bring you something interesting again next week. Bye for now.